people are looking to you to guide them. And so don't guide them in distress. Don't guide them into where they feel like they can't go home and be with their families because they need to get this done in the office. You know, take care of your people and, and treat them with the respect that they deserve. So today on Sea Level, I have my really good friend, Chelsea Roberts from Pat Murphy Electric. Chelsea, welcome. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's good to be here. So excited to have you on. So I'm, I'm, this episode, I think, is going to be really, really important for business owners. Going to be talking about a couple of things, especially uh, female business owners as well, is what it's like to work in a family-owned business, what it's like to be a female in a predominantly male-dominated construction industry, and then the future of electric, specifically electric vehicles and how it's applied. So, Chelsea, before we get into all that, let me get some background on you. Yeah. So I grew up when I was five years old, running around my dad's shop at Pat Murphy Electric. You know, I I was familiar with the warehouse before I was even in middle school. But um, I used to tell him when I was a little kid, I'm going to run the company one day. And my mom just thought I was crazy. Ambition. And- I love it. <laughs> Get in. When, when I graduated high school and I went to Georgia Tech, I had full intentions of becoming an information systems consultant. That's what I wanted to do. Um, I know I really liked technology and I love to work with people. So I wanted to find a way to incorporate that. And when I got to be about a junior in college, I had done some other working opportunities, but I had kind of a lull. I needed somewhere to work to keep my mind active outside of school. And so I asked my father if he needed any help at Pat Murphy um, doing some analysis. They weren't really working in Excel much at all or doing any type of data analysis. So I just came in seeing where I could help and I never left. (laughs) Whenever I graduated, my dad offered me a position and I was hesitant because I was so nervous about working with him and the what kind of impact that would have on our family. But further, I didn't know if this was the industry I wanted to be in. Um, and it really has stolen my heart. Um, I went to school for leading and managing human capital. That was what my concentration ended by the time I graduated. And it has been really wonderful to have that opportunity here to to build people, to develop people, specifically electricians. So it's it's been rewarding beyond words and I love it here now. That's awesome. So so what is it like? I mean, I, you know, I, I get, I, you know, we get a lot of business owners that they're family owned businesses and, and or somebody that might be thinking about going into business with a family member. So, so what is it like, you know, working with, you know, your family and working with your dad? Yeah, it was challenging at first. I think some of the best advice that I got in college when I was even toying with the idea of going to work for Pat Murphy Electric part-time was a lot of mentors in my life told me, go work somewhere else first. Build um, an understanding of what it's like to be in an office without your family. And that way, you know how to be a productive employee in a typical world. And so that was really good advice that I got. And so I, I worked somewhere else for a year and a half before coming here. So I would advise anyone who's considering family business to do that. Um, but yeah, it was a tough transition at first because you see your family as one way and people can be completely separate in the office, you know, a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And so for me, it was learning how to, how to work with my father 
as an employee and not a daughter. I think that I'm sure that it's different for everyone. I, I grew up in a very tight knit family. And so I felt a lot of pressure to perform exceedingly well for my family. Like I felt a lot of personal stake in the business as soon as I came in, which was unique. I don't think I would have felt that in almost anywhere else. And so it made me feel like I was really invested from the beginning. And we've just, since I've been here for five years, we've had to have very serious upfront conversations about this is difficult and we butt heads because <laughs> we're the same blood. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been knowing that, that we are in that position and we have to navigate it so carefully to protect our individual relationships with each other as opposed to outside the work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I hear oftentimes, you know, that family, it it can be much, it can be much harder, right? Because sometimes there is that, that you got to disconnect, you know, and and I can find, you know, sometimes like, even like myself, like when I'm in work mode, you know, so I'll work from home or something like that. And, you know, and my wife knows if, you know, I'm in a meeting or something like that, like it's, let me finish this so I can disconnect and right. Or, you know, having that time, you know, to where, I always encourage people that like, hey, after the job is done, if you're working together with family members, don't bring that home, right? It's like, right. leave business where business needs to be, right? And then after that, you know, because what happens, and I find that people that work together, uh, families that work together is mm-hmm. when they get together outside of work, what do they talk about? Business. They talk about yeah. the business. It's like, no, you got to make that time to talk about something else, make, you know, make, make it a plan that, you know, you're not going to, you're going to talk about business even after the hours are done. Right. Absolutely. You have to keep it separate. And that's difficult because that's in our human nature to, um, you know, conversation flows. And so we can very easily go from talking about something in the business to talking about something family related. And so whenever we get home, my mother is very strict, no shop talk, you know, she'll, she'll cut us off. We can have like two seconds but it's, it's, I found it so rewarding though, because I do get to connect with my father in a business way and none of um, his daughters would have known what he ever did if I hadn't have like stepped in. And so I feel like I, I know him so well, but it's, you really have to keep those boundaries between work and, and home life. So what, what is it like working with, with the other employees? I mean, knowing that, that you're working in a family business, like what, how, how's your relationship? How do you, how do you manage that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, construction is, as you were saying, a male dominated industry. So I not only had the female side going against me, but also the she's the boss's daughter going against me. So I, as blessed as I was to come and work for this company, I really was fighting multiple battles whenever I came in. And it took a lot of sitting in the background and observing because I have a very fiery personality. You know that about me. You know, I come in with strong ideas and whatever. I'm ready to take over the world. But a lot of what I had to learn was to observe a lot before I started to stick my neck out and make recommendations. And, you know, people already have a bias of you when you're coming in as the boss's daughter. They're either, they either think you're getting treated specially um or they just think you don't know anything you're only here because you're family and so it took time to earn their respect um the way that I found to earn our men's respect was consistency 
Like if I could show up for our employees, if I answered my phone every time they called, if I could listen to them, you know, some people, I think coming in young, I know that I don't know anything about this industry. And so I'm willing to listen to the employees maybe more than some leaders who have, have been around it for a while and showing them that I know I don't know anything. And I am so willing to learn anything that you have to show me. So it has really just taken time to, to earn their respect. And now that I've been in the industry for quite some time, I'm going through electrical school to get my license eventually. And I know that that has played a big role in how they view me because they see that I'm genuinely interested in being able to lead the best that I, that I can. I don't want to go in telling them what to do without knowing anything. Yeah. And, and I, you could see that in even, even in other, other areas of position, like if you're, if you're newer to a company, like you have your veterans there. Right. And, and so when you're someone that's, that's new stepping in, you know, they, they, they kind of look, all right, well, what do you really know? But I think the, the biggest thing, uh, and you, you, you nailed it and you're doing it right now is, is being open to listen, being open to listen to these people and, and, and listening to, uh, what goes on on a day-to-day basis and what they've been through because they do have that history but they also have to realize that everybody has a different walk in life right everybody's learning differently and some of the things that you've learned even though that you're you're younger in the company you know that has that has a lot of merit to it right and so and so i think it's that mutual thing you know between between employees or employee and, and management you know understanding that hey we all we all bring something different to the table because that's why we call it a team, right? If yeah. We're all the same. If we're all the same, then we wouldn't need each other, right? But that's important, and and the fact that you're consistently investing in yourself and and learning from uh, some of the veterans around and really, you know, that really shows. Mm, thank you. And it it is interesting, like in construction, especially with, we have the people in the office and the people out in the field. So it can be very difficult to mesh what, what we need from the technicians and what the technicians need from us. You know, we wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for them. So to me, I, I see them as the most important part of the company, but then I also know that us sitting in the office, like you're saying, as a team, we have, we have resources to offer them. And it's, it's been fun to, to integrate the two. I know it's been happening for a long time, but that's where I find a lot of joy in the company is melding the, the technician's view with what the office wants and kind of like finding a way that the team can move forward together. Because mm-hmm. there can be a lot of fighting between the field and the office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you get that a lot, you know, the, 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 the back and forth between departments and stuff, but you know, it, the, the, the role seems to suit you well, because you are, you are vested in your people, right? And so you want what's best. And so having that, having that in between is going to be really a key role for, for, for what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting, so you've got, you've got an industry right? That, that, you know, has been around, you know, forever, right? But, and there's a lot of old timers into it. There's a lot of new people, but there's technology always changing, right? And, and so how are you able to, to kind of balance that, you know, between across all different ages, you know, throughout the company and implementing new tech technology into, into the workplace? How how are you able to do that? Yeah, that has been one of my greatest challenges, but I would also consider one of my 
greatest success stories here with Pat Murphy is that um, by the time I came in, you know, construction really is one of those worlds where people still show up with a notepad and a paper Mm -hmm. and they're, they're chasing down dailies and they're, they're trying to find material invoices and everything is still, I would say majority like ran by paper, but we know that to stay ahead of the industry, to stay on that edge of technology is how we're going to continue to grow and not fall behind. And COVID was, you know, a huge example for mom and pop construction companies that aren't using the technology required yet. And it's, it's been difficult to manage because like you're saying, there's such a wide array of age groups in this industry. Um, and so with, with some of the younger guys, it was less that I had to focus with them on how to utilize the technology, but how to incorporate it into their day-to-day. So it was more, you know, after spending 15 minutes or so speaking with them of, you know, this is how, this is the process now, this is the technology we're going to be using, realizing for them that it wasn't how to use the technology. It's when do I use it? How do I send it, et cetera. Whereas with some of the, the, the more senior members in the company, it was, you know, it, it was interesting for me to see, I saw these men as so confident. So like, I can do anything. And the second I put a tablet in front of them, they're like, you know, just frozen. And like, I don't know how to send an email. And yeah. um, with that, I found patience and um, consistent training, truthfully. Um, because I am not the most patient person in the world. So I, I had to remind myself that I grew up in a world utilizing technology, whereas these, these people just didn't. And you have to really humble yourself because yeah. if you're coming at them with making them feel less than mm-hmm. they, their brain shuts off is what I've found. Whenever you come to someone and you're sitting on a holier than thou, you know, I know how to use all this technology, but you don't, they just shut down. And so I, I really had to learn to just take my time. Don't assume that they know something, you know, be very granular and following up, you know, because with any organization, when you're implementing any type of technological change, people need the consistent follow-up, like, Hey, how is it going? They might be too embarrassed to say, I I'm still not understanding. Like this still isn't clicking. So before it gets to the point where I bring them in and say, you haven't been doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, check, making the time to show them they're important to you. You care that they are comfortable with this technology. You don't just care that they're using it. You care that it is actually making their life better. And that's what I have to keep reiterating to them. Um, Every time that we implement a new, you know, our technicians just recently started submitting timesheets through an app and you would have thought it was the end of the world when we told people, (laughs) they're like, what? We don't get to turn in our paper anymore. I don't just have to write it down. Um, But now that we have people consistently doing it, they see, oh, this is so much better. I don't have to go into the office. I can fill it out every single day and it's done. Um, just consistently reminding them that this is to make everyone's life better. This is not to make your life more difficult um, has, has really been a key. And, you know, I think just knowing that every single person is different in every industry, no matter what you're training on, people learn differently. And that's a skill, I think, to be able to read how someone 
worms. You gotta meet them. You gotta meet them where they're at. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think, and that's that is, it's it's across any industry, especially when you're implementing something, you know, co- corporation wide, right? You just you gotta look at every single individual, meet them where they're at, and and help them on that journey. And so technology is always changing, and and. One of the biggest things, one of the biggest topics, actually, you know, want to kind of pick your brain about yeah. it, is uh, electric vehicles, right? So, so, so let's talk about that. What are, yeah. what are you doing in the industry right now? Well, it has been overwhelming the amount of increase in calls that we've gotten for EV charges, our chargers, both in residences and commercial businesses. Um, we've recently started getting a lot of calls for forklift chargers, and this was something that. I, I knew was coming, but, you know, we do a lot of work out at industrial plants and that's huge for these plants to have forklift chargers on site. Georgia Power is investing so much money in the state of Georgia to reach out to all of their customers. And a lot of them, a lot of um, Georgia Power is paying for the customers to get EV chargers to prepare mm. because the infrastructure needs to be there. That's where we come in for the infrastructure. I've noticed, you know, I I keep track of the sales of vehicles, electric vehicles, and they're up 300% from last year. And whereas the market is only about 3% electric vehicle sales right now, they suspect that by 2030, it'll be 30%. So I see that within 20 years, at least every single home will have some sort of EV charger. And, you know, for us, it's, it's no difference. We're adding an outlet. Right. Like we're just adding an outlet somewhere outside. But to me, for to see how we get to play a role in making the, the world and the state more green, um, it's it's been really exciting to see. I am so glad that I'm in this industry during this time as it is just booming and growing. And we're really finding our place in the industry. We're, we're working with Georgia Power. We're working with all the industrial clients that we already have on hand to make these recommendations to them. Because um, you can get rebates, you know, from your utility provider and your, your state. That's why I've been promoting it so much to our residential customers is that you can get a good bit of, of money back right now because the state is really encouraging it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and that's... <laughs> It's huge, especially, you know, for the environment. And, and you know, I, I think that's that's a pretty awesome statement. You know, within 20 years, everybody's going to have one in their home. You know, you're going to be able to pull into a gas station because right now, like, I, I don't have an electric vehicle yet. I'm moving towards mm-hmm. that. But but I'm always wondering, like, how how many are there? You know, like, are, are you, you know, you're going to right now, are you going to be driving and then all of a sudden you're not going to be able to find one? Like, how far right. can you go? Right. And, and I think I think until you know, until we have more, uh, more mass adoption on that, you're, well, the numbers are just going to spike up, right? I think. Absolutely. I and as they continue to, to put different vehicles that, you know, can't, you know, they, they came out with a truck now that yeah. is electrically charged. And my father got a Tesla probably about two years ago to, you know, be able to relate with our customers sure. who are moving towards that line. It is so cool. I, I know that I think on the Eastern seaboard, it's, it's a little more populated than the, the Midwest. And I, I think you, I could be wrong. I think you might have trouble getting from the East coast to the West coast and being able to find, you know, the entire way, yeah. but the Tesla's I know specifically, if you put in your route, it'll show you everywhere that you need to stop to charge. And that's why I'm really in, encouraging businesses to adopt it now 
because they're gonna fall behind as as more as it as you're saying becomes adopted more and more they are gonna people are gonna want to park there they're gonna want to go to your business so they can charge and um you know even work workplaces parking garages are gonna have to start having them and yeah it's exciting yeah well, technology is always exciting and advanced yes. technology is, you know, just moves so fast. And, and so, um, so yes, yeah, so we're, we're, we're coming up on the top of our episode, uh, Chelsea. So, so I always ask this one question to all my guests and I say, if there was one piece of leadership advice uh, to a business owner that you would give, what would that be? Hmm. I think one of the biggest parts of leadership that I have learned recently and that I think will be so integral to my continued development is that, you know, we had um, Michael Alasso um, come on and that was my first Vistage meeting actually. No, no, he was my second Vistage meeting, but he is so inspiring. And one of the things that really sunk in with me, but that I started to, to see in fruition in real life now is that people are watching your every single move. You know, he's saying you are on a stage and it couldn't be more accurate. If you are in a leadership position, be it title or purely by how people view you, you know, it is so important to watch the way that you treat others. How do you respond to stress? How do you respond to emergencies? I found that if I start to get stressed, I will notice the energy in the office, like everyone starts to get stressed. But if someone comes to me with an emergency and I just take a couple of breaths and I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna get it taken care of. That seems, it eases their mind so that we can perform better. So I think the biggest piece of leadership advice I have for businesses, owners and entrepreneurs is be very aware of your feelings and your emotions and how it affects others because you are affecting others every single day and it's it is a burden to bear at some point you know like people are looking to you to guide them and so don't guide them into stress don't guide them into where they feel like they can't go home and be with their families because they need to get this done in the office you know take care of your people and and treat them with the respect that they deserve I love that I love that. So as a CEO, imagine yourself, you are on a stage all the time, every time you walk into that office and and how you treat people, other people take notice. You're actually uh, the, I, I like to say the, the be the uh, thermostat, not the thermometer, right? And yes. So, and so make sure that that you are aware of the way that, that you're treating other people. Chelsea, I really love that. Thank you so much for coming on today's show. Yes, Chris, thanks so much for having me. I love to talk to you anytime, so. <laughs> Take care. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure you mash that like button and subscribe so you get the latest episodes. And if somebody else needs to hear it, please do them that favor and share it.